0: Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life Podcast. Here we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornicka, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Together we move live. Jelena is partnering with dance studios and dance sponsors around the world to present series of workshops via Zoom. Tickets are available for those who can give more and support, as well as those who are financially affected by the pandemic. All proceeds go to Benefit Dance Studios and event sponsors so that we may once again dance physically together once it is safe. You can register for these workshops via gelina.eventbrite.com. I will include link in the show notes. Hello everyone, how are you doing? Welcome back to the Ballad Live podcast and today we have one more best of episode. I really love putting them together and listening different views, different opinions from different artists back to back on a specific topic so I'm really happy to have opportunity sometimes to go back to interviews that we had in the past, but now we listen to them and uh, get some more thoughts for consideration uh, about specific themes. And uh, today I put uh, a best of episode about uh, professional self-care and setting boundaries. Many of us really dream about becoming professional dancers and you may dream about becoming an international touring dancer or just a successful performer at your local events in your own city or maybe something else. But while we dream about that idealized picture of how happy and successful we will be, we also need to remember that every medal has two sides and today i put together stories from several different artists about their experience of dealing with dance as a profession as their main activity their job and how they went through some sometimes some tough times of not just physical exhaustion but First of all, emotional exhaustion and how they dealt with it and some tips that may be helpful for some of you who may go through something like that right now or for you if you're just dreaming and aiming to get to the professional level to keep in mind and maybe even take some precautions for self-care care so you don't get to lose points at all we start today's episode with a little part of the interview with Amar Lamar who was one of the guests from our the very first season of the Ballet dance podcast and in her full interview episode 18 12 years of performing every night in Arab Arab Emirates she shared of course much more information about being a full-time dancer working on a uh, Contracts in Arab countries. Then we will also hear from Mercedes Nieto, who is internationally claimed a performer. And we actually had a two-part interview. We had a very nice, uh, in-depth, uh, wide conversation. And the part that I took uh, for today's episode was from episode forty-six. What does it take to be a touring artist? Also, we will hear today from Julia Farid from her second interview for baladin's Life podcast, episode 52, about artistic fulfillment, individual style, and teacher-student relationships. And we will close today's episode with Idil, Turkish artist who is a successful performer. And in her episode full interview episode 57 we actually touched based on two big topics misconceptions about turkish style in general and the concept of dance movement therapy and that's exactly the topic that i sort of touched in this best of uh, episode so i hope you will enjoy uh reviewing interesting stories and tips uh, specifically about se- professional self-care from this amazing artists who have so much uh, uh, interesting experience and knowledge and wisdom to share as well as have co- completely different uh, professional pathways or somewhere intersecting but different uh, stages of their dance uh, journeys that they shared in their stories for the podcast and if you want to go back to the full interviews and actually enjoy or listen the full conversations with these artists you can find all links in the show notes to this episode So, let's dive in. Did you have any moments of, uh, okay, I'm tired, it's enough? (laughs) And how, if you had, how did you manage? Because, like, it's everyday work. It's not like you can even take one day to rest and recharge. Uh, And it seems to be, oh, it's just one 45-minute show of the day, but it actually... A lot of work, and it gets to to the body to health and to mental even uh, state so how do you manage that workload shows every day
1: yeah no you are really very, very true. it does take a, a, you pay the price, your body pay the price um when you work all the time, really you stuff you start to have achings like. In your neck in your knee in your hip I mean myself I had already one knee surgery like, a few years back um, and I know girls that they had something in some part of their bodies and as you say like because it's literally every 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 day sometimes you just feel really exhausted so when Ramadan comes It's like, thanks, God. (laughs) So then you can go see your family and recharge some energy. And I must say, in some years, I took more than a month because really, it's no way. Sometimes I take one, I don't know, two months or sort like that because you cannot. It is just uh, very tiring. And when you're in your 20s, I mean, you have the whole power. Uh, all the day is for you, so some way or another you manage to you know to to keep with the work when you keep doing it for many, many years and then you pass the barrier of the thirties, it is not as easy anymore. I think to work in middle east it has a term I think like when you are in your thirties already it starts to become difficult, not only for the age and the appearance but also because your body cannot take that load anymore yeah also it became a work as well I mean when you perform once in a while you put like a lot of more effort because it's um, it's like you are like wishing for the day to arrive when you make it every night it's really nice after some time it becomes like any other work uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, I found girls like they say, no, it's like the best and I'm so blessed and it's amazing. And every day is, it's almost make it sound like every day is an adventure and that's the magic of Facebook, <laughs> but really it is a normal day. It's just, it's a job. So one that you love, I mean, I will not complain. I, I think I am very, very lucky, uh, that I can make a living from dancing, when I know very well that in Mexico there was no way that I could make a living out of belly dancing. So from that, I'm really, really happy, and I consider myself super lucky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now after some years, really become it's it's tiring. I think basically it's just, just that what I want to say it became tiring.
0: Was there any? tricks that you use to get out of the feeling of routine because that's uh, something very common in any field whenever we transform our passion in our work and day-to-day life at some point it starts or it may start feeling as it's just a routine so did you have any I don't know, moments in your life that you broke down from the, break out from that routine feeling and refreshed? Uh, or was it something maybe in your day-to-day life? Some, I don't know, habits or rituals that <laughs> helped you to, to stay uh, fresh and excited about uh, dance shows and keep going in that field?
1: Well, relating to dance, I think what refreshed my work, it was when I started to put uh, foreigner props into my dance routine. Mm-hmm. When I came very new to the Middle East, there was, I remember like the only thing that was out of belly dance, it was flamenco. Like there was two or three ladies who were making some sort of flamenco fusion with belly dance in their show. Um, so it was like the only thing that was like a novelty. When I came, um, I started to discover like other things. Uh, I wanted to, to innovate not only for the audience, but for myself, as you, as you say it, it becomes routine and then you became boring. Yeah. You became boring from your own work sometimes. So, in order to to renovate myself, I start to get into other disciplines. I discovered poi, which is something that I like I enjoy very much. I put it in my routine like I think the very first time two thousand and nine, and it was it was successful I mean really, people enjoy it uh then I start to bring the fan veils that was not so popular in that time in in Middle East when I arrived. Uh, I start to use uh, two veils. I start to make paso doble in the show. So at the end, I make so many things in the show that later uh, it became almost like, like by force. Like, and not only for me, for any dancer, they will arrive and it will be like, so what you have new, what you're doing in your show. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm doing it because I want, but it's not Mm -hmm. because it is like um, obligation. Uh, So it's funny, you know, I think... At the end of times, I, I, uh, when they asked me last time, like, what do you have new? I said, well, I dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. I <laughs> mean, really, I mean, really, and uh, no, but really, what you have new? You know, Habibi, I'm going to take like a pair of pineapples in my head, and I will put them, and I will walk in the stage. <laughs> like I was just like making jokes because uh, I think as well to make. Something new in the belly dance, there is, I mean, there is a boundary until where you can go, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I saw sometimes some girls making strange things in the shows, not, I won't say in in, uh, UAE, but like in, sometimes in festivals or stuff like that, something called fantasy. I see some that they are super interesting. I see others that, my God, like really what you were thinking (laughs) but at the end I mean everyone you know follow their path and everyone do what they what they feel and I think as well um, if you do not risk to do it because you are afraid that people will laugh on you or they will not like then no one will innovate so you have to try and I must give it up for those girls that sometimes make things that Even, let's say, if I don't find them nice, some other person will. And that is innovation as well. And um, I think it takes courage to to do that. So the way to break the routine, I think, is to challenge yourself. Make something different. Make something, even even the most uh, silly things. If you always do your makeup in some way, make it now in another way. And you will feel renovated. Uh the way that you feel when you have a new dress. Like you feel the most pretty dancer ever. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Then yeah. you renovate yourself. Uh I mean there is like small things that you make in your life that can change you. And it is, I think, important not only in dancing, I think in in, in life, in any profession, someone, you know, who makes something different. Plus, it's good for the brain. That's what I heard. And uh, and it's good for your self-esteem as well, to feel like not like every day the same, the same, the same. I mean, it's uh, life is more than that.
2: And then the other side of this story is when you are being judged. And that is also challenging. I mean, that is probably... Yeah, because it's maybe more challenging because this you don't have the control over, like you can't learn it, can't correct it. It's when other people judging you, like for example, you're traveling and you know, we not we don't always have good days and, and we sometimes have bad days. And then you are traveling all over the world, you are super tired and you just wanna be somewhere to give your best um as an artist, but then they expect Like other things, you have to be out there, you have to be social, you have to be on the social gatherings of the events, you have to be mm, talking to everyone all the time, whatever, taking pictures or be available all the time. And it's hard to close away from that because if you do, then you're going to be judged as a grumpy person or as an angry person or as a diva or something, you know? But it's like kind of, you know, it's kind of your right to. To have boundaries, and that is probably my own fault because I haven't developed my boundaries yet <laughs> well enough. Um, but I'm working on it. But there is a tricky part of it that you can't control what other people think, and you don't even have to, and you don't, have, and it's it's okay, um, and it's okay if people will not love you um, because you have to go back to sleep after the show and then you have to get ready for the workshop or whatever. Or maybe you're not having a very good day and you don't want to take million pictures because maybe you feel drained and you feel sick or you feel, you know, um, so you try to cut it. You try to have your boundaries, but then you're going to be judged or labeled, you know, because then your work as a touring belly dancer is not only to dance and teach. It's also what's between. And that's one of the challenges for me that I tend to, not have boundaries and give too much. And then I completely empty myself and I get drained. And then I just want to lock myself in my room. So that's, so none of the things are good. So I'm trying to create those boundaries. Now I'm trying to be more um, definite and a little more <laughs> consistent about the amount of sleep I need or the amount of time I need um, away from from the people to be able to be fully present when I'm on the class or in the show. But that's not always very well received from the the community you know and this is understandable because they want more from you and that's nice but it's just hard to explain that i would i wish like i really wish to give more but i'm like i can't i'm coming from another place and another place and another place and all those places want something from me and i would happily keep giving it but it's just there is a moment when you cannot anymore and um and just because of that to not you know to not to not be unfair that in some places you're completely at there and in some places you lock yourself away, then you need to have your balance. So you can keep equal and you can give equal quality of work everywhere, but that needs boundaries. And when you use your boundaries, you get judged sometimes. And then for me, dealing with being judged is really hard because I I like, you know, I like peace around me. I like harmony about me. I would love people to like me, but I would like to like everybody, but you know, you have to admit that it's not how life is. It's just not working this way. Um, So I'm working to, to, to fix that. But, um, and it's also about, you know, bad days on stage. Sometimes you have a bad day and you're not perfect on the stage. But then you're, and then again, you're going to be judged, but in my case, I'm going to be judged first by myself. And that's another struggle. Like I have to also, like you know, I have to also accept my bad days, and I have to accept that it's a very intense and difficult job. And uh, next to the amazing parts of it, it's very, very intense and draining. And so, and most of the times you put your private life on hold, and you put your everything else on hold when you are traveling and teaching. And and then there are just moments when you can't, when you when you're just not not a complete person. And then it sees, it shows on the stage. Then it can happen. So to accept other people judging that or to accept yourself judging yourself that's also a challenge i don't don't have the answer to these things yet but i'm working on it (laughs) wow like there's so many
0: things that you brought up and i i wanted to reflect on so many of them but i just feel i will just let all this sink into people's mind who are listening because there are so many of so valuable points that you brought up that you don't really hear or see much. Even this is boom on social media. Nobody really talks much about that. But it so gives so much more understanding and appreciation both for students who come to the class, uh for the other teachers or dancers who dream about the same career, for uh festival participants who want to have a fun experience, as well as for event organizers. To see the insights of uh, how it actually feels sometimes to, to be in the center of all these things happening. So I just want at this point to like, instead of like trying to reflect or go deeper, because I feel like every single topic or sentence that you said can be a separate Interview and because they are very deep and very valuable. But I just want to thank you for being really honest and open and and vulnerable and sharing all, all these things because uh, it really gives great understanding that every every career, every everything has two sides. And uh, it's not like if we are talking about some challenging or like downsides, it doesn't it doesn't diminish the highlights of it. But we yeah, also cannot. Is just talk about highlights it also has mm-hmm. some downside so i really really appreciate sharing it and being just open and talking about it
2: uh yeah thank you for for asking those questions it's it's really important what you said that the it, uh, it yeah to 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 admit the kind of shadows of something it doesn't diminish the, the, the light and i think it's nice to uh, admit things and then um be aware and um especially self-aware of some of these uh, patterns and and work on them. and it's um, that is going to give you a more fulfilling experience as a dancer and as an artist if you if you are aware of um, you know the different sides of the same job and even the diff- different approaches and 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 feelings of yourself like um, like I, I do love this job and i do love what i learned through this job and i i do have a lot of dreams still to fulfill and and i'm very thankful especially for the people who i met during um on on my way but it does have um you know it does have ups and downs and i think seeing the downs and sometimes falling and even failing is is okay and um and then learning from it and standing up is is optional and hopefully if it happens that's going to bring you somewhere else and i don't know um i i am i I used to be a huge um idealist like you know painting everything pink and at the end everything has a meaning at the end you're gonna arrive where you have to at the end so i do have this kind of you know holistic a little bit more spiritual tending thinking i do think that that you can learn from everything. Uh, but but to be able to really live it and not just think about it as words that are trending, <laughs> then you you have to go through the dark sides and then you have to um, yeah, personalize them, you know, like to understand how things affect you. Why do you feel that way? What do you have to learn from it? What should be the next step? Like in my case, it was the overworking that I, I still haven't developed the skill of saying no and I still haven't... Um, um, being able to, to create enough boundaries about my own abilities. Um, and I had to realize that to be able to keep my work quality higher and to, to be able to inspire, keep being inspired and create, I do need some quiet periods. And that's why the next, um, so from the middle of December, uh, I'm going to have two months off and this is the first time I'm doing it for 10 years. So I'm a little scared, but in the same time, I'm also very exciting, uh, excited about it. So I'm going to have two months only for reflecting and resting and, and, and I didn't accept any jobs and I felt like I'm even going to travel away and uh, I will be somewhere far. Um, I just want to, um, I just want to see, like, I just want to, reflect a little right just to see what's happening to me like I don't have you know intentional like I don't have plans I just feel I want to detach um and and then build up something again that is more sustainable because I love this um job and I want to sustain it but I can't let it drain me
0: talking about 2018 and you just mentioned that you had quite a transformation and I sort of felt this same way following your uh, activities and uh, uh, you on social media and even remembering our previous interview you had some sort of like philosophical questions that you were asking even yourself about some stuff so what made you first of all, enter and seek this transition? Was it on purpose or was it something natural? And how do you feel you changed your, let's say, dance approach within last year?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Well, okay, let's say it was natural, but it was naturally pushed by my tiredness and some disappointment. Um, so I finished teaching 2017, I, I I worked really a lot and I, having some few weeks of vacations, I arrived to the point that I realized that I'm not inspired Like, and I felt mm, that I'm kind of like in a crowd and it, I don't want to say that other dancers are a crowd but I felt something like I'm just following the trends and I'm I'm doing the same stuff as everybody does and it's not that even that I need to feel something being particular but I just feel like I am tired I feel that I'm I'm doing for example one choreography with a lyrical song let's say and then I'm doing the second one and I feel it's kind of the same stuff it will be the same I will band then I will do crazy movements with my hair, then I will suffer a bit. It was a kind of strange way that I, I, I felt about my my dance. And I was unhappy with myself because I was looking at the other dancers and everybody's so gorgeous. I admire my colleagues. I enjoy what they're doing. But I was asking myself, like, what about me? I, I'm doing that, but I, some stuff, I just stopped feeling that. And I felt that I need a new power, I felt I need new inspiration for myself to be on the um, on the wave and to be happy with myself. So I started searching mm, some old videos, just because I remember I always loved Golden Era and... And it was not that I even wanted to dance golden era, but I was thinking maybe I will find an interesting image or maybe some folkloric dance, something that is not much danced now. Or And that, the, in that way, when I started studying, I felt that I want to study more and it's more and more interesting. And then I realized how I started thinking about the new choreographies about modern oriental and i was thinking okay well here i can add some movement from sami oh wow that will look nice i remember that music it will look really nice that piece okay now i will order Mejance, because i ordered uh, right at the time i ordered Mejance from uh, randa's band and i was thinking well if they will make this piece like that like i was i'm asking and here it will look nice this piece from golden era and i felt how it starts entering my dance and how it starts giving me becoming a new source of uh, inspiration and becoming a new power in my dance and something really takes my heart so that i will say it was natural it was not that i was sitting and thinking what to do what to do how to how to entertain the audience and actually i was very very scared about dancing that i remember it was last year it was the first performance Mm, abroad, I was dancing in France, in Lyon and I was thinking how the audience will react, oh my god, that probably will be so boring for them because you know, we are so used to be fast and now I will be just not moving and maybe people will think does she, (laughs) can she move or she cannot maybe they will, like, I don't know maybe they will not like it I was really a bit stressed about that. However, I had such a warm um, such a warm audience and I felt really good with what I was doing and I felt that, you know, you're right on your spot. You are doing what you feel to do without thinking at the end. You're not thinking how the audience will will understand it because I also I realized that sometimes audience is thinking what she's doing. Because we see mostly like if if the if you are not a dancer, you're used to see Oriental in more or less the same way, mm-hmm. and you want shimmy and you want to see hips and the dancer is doing this and that that's that's normal, and then suddenly there is the dancer who is just staying on the stage with just few movements and it's slow and there, it's 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 different, right? Even the costume is different, and I arrived to the point that I realized that. I even don't care because I'm so so in love with this topic I feel I feel good when I'm doing that so it became just a part of me okay. anyway I'm doing uh, a lot of modern oriental and the lyrical songs but it gave me so many fresh ideas because a lot of fresh ideas are coming from from the history from the old uh, movies from the, Old movements of the dancers. So uh, it, it, it became really a source of inspiration for all kinds of
0: um, dance that I'm doing now. Mm. Ah so many so many things you brought up. <laughs> By the way, um was that video uh, golden era style that uh, became viral on Ballad and social net? Was it the one from France? So it was uh, like already second or third performance of that piece uh, or was it the that very very first one?
3: Well, the first one was in Ukraine, but I think I posted just um, some short uh, short videos and yes that one uh, is from france
0: from france
3: yeah
0: i yeah. would say it's absolutely magnificent and it it was so inspiring and so yours like you felt so it's so beautiful and so true to nature like uh, I mean it was mesmerizing video and it still goes viral and gets reshared okay. by many accounts and it, it's definitely worth attention uh, and I think I will even link uh, specifically to that Instagram post post in the show <laughs> <laughs> and the, it links to this episode for people who might have missed it somehow or may not recognize that it was your first performance so they can see it um but I feel that uh, it was not only changes in uh, in the dance style that you had, you also had even your appearance. I remember your pose that you put, "Oh, it's so good to finally uh have a uh, short hair and feel natural <laughs> and not fake." So that influenced not only the actual dance moves and dance styles, I would say, right?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, before like
3: 2017, I had a uh, quite long hair, I had extension and uh, then due to to many, many trips and uh, due to the flights that are making your hair dry and I, I really had very weak hair and I felt that if I will continue um, all the time wearing the extension, my, my hair, I, I will be just bald. So I decided that I want to have healthy hair even if it will be short but I will take care of that. So I I removed the expansion. First few days, it was a horror. I felt I became bold. My hair is so light. It's so short. I was thinking, okay farewell Iraqi farewell (laughs) Haliji all modern songs. I was like what I'm going to do without my my beautiful long hair? And it was quite dramatic. But then I started actually um,
1: feeling much
3: better. And when I saw so many videos from Golden Era, I, I, and all of them, they had short hair. I, I calmed down. I was like, okay, it's it may exist. <laughs> it may exist. Yeah. I mean, yeah, long, long hair is still very beautiful, but. I need to to take care of
0: mine, and my hair is
3: is quite thin and like babies <laughs> babies one.
0: Well, it also looked very very beautifully on you whenever you dance now, and it there is I don't feel much difference uh, on how beautifully you dance with long hair or short hair, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another topic that you touched, which is very important, I don't know what was going on in 2018. I think there was some something in the air, because I talked to many dancers who experienced this sort of uh, depression and disappointments, and I myself had very, very similar thing exactly in the beginning of 2018 and throughout it, although my activities had nothing to do with international travels. It was different, like local gigs, but... I think I never put it out in the world but even podcast it was it was born out of seeking like okay if I feel this i guess other people felt or went through something like that too so <laughs> how do you think someone who faced this uh, sort of down uh, period of uh, like lack of dense enthusiasm uh, you mentioned that you start looking through the dance uh, videos, um, but how to approach it in a way that it's not backfiring? Because some people may look at the videos and feel, oh, I will never be like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, so it will put even down on that pitfall of feeling bad and depressed in ourselves. How do you think people can approach and find uh, fresh air to 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 regain back this enthusiasm to dance like what other can be solutions or the mindset that you need to have uh, to get back
3: yeah that's a that's a good topic that's really a good topic because i've been asked about that several times lately and wow well, you know what i realized that you need to talk to yourself very honestly. And the first question that you should put to yourself is why you are dancing. What is the reason and where you want to be? What do you want to achieve through the dance? For example, I talked to the friend of mine that uh, she was teaching a group. And then the students stopped attending the classes and she said that she felt so down and like I don't want to dance anymore and anyway in the competitions I'm not that good I I do not practice much so I will never win and then where is the sense to dance because I will not win the competitions and also my, my, my students are not coming to the classes and I told her that she should see the perspective in the future and to see where she wants to be because if you want to to be a teacher, then you need to develop yourself first as a teacher. Because if you're just thinking that, oh, you had the group from like 10 students and they stopped attending the classes, and if it's the end for you of your dance career, then I'm sorry. That's probably really the end of, of everything because it was your final goal. It cannot be the final goal it's it's something that you have today but for these 10 beginners for example everybody has own life so today for example they will miss the class because they had the birthday of their kid. tomorrow because probably they will have the meeting with somebody the day after tomorrow that i don't know whatever she has massage or she's going to make her nails and it will never be the priority for the teacher the classes are always the priority But you cannot depend on the students, for example, that are not attending the classes the same way you cannot depend on their competition. So first thing that you feel that you are not inspired anymore, you need to see your long term goal. Not the short term that tomorrow you want to have the class or you want to take part in the competition. If you feel you want to be good dancer in future. This is number one that you have to, to decide for yourself. Who you see yourself, I don't know in five, ten years, 15 years. When you see the long-term goal, it's much easier to move forward.
0: Dance for you it's uh, um, your professional artist dance performer. So dance for you it's also at, at like let's say tool of work. It's your, like, craft work, like, job. But also dance, you're using dance as a healing and more... I mean, I would use words spiritual just, like, to give it... I know it's not exactly, like, um, maybe, like, different people will put different meanings in those words. But still, like, where to find balance? Because I know a lot of uh, uh, professional dancers, once dance become their work... It's very easy to lose the joy or lose the sense of this uh, meaning inside the dance uh, that uh, like has some personal meaning, like wh- wh- why we started it <laughs> in the first place. So the, I don't know if you ever like faced anything like that. or Maybe you just have some thoughts to share uh, share with us. But like, how to uh, even be in full, like maybe full time or not part-time but like having dance as a work on a regular basis and dancing a lot in your life how to still not lose a joy and like spiritual sense of dance
4: i think i see it as a lifestyle like it is not something that i can give up on um and for me dance uh has a wider uh, meaning as i said uh it's um uh, kinesthetic uh, reaction to emotions so even when i'm using my hands right now it could be a part of a expressive choreography maybe but as a professional dancer i don't know maybe this is one of the reasons why i started to be interested in dance movement therapy because uh because it is it is something that comes from your core and i just wanted to go deeper and um find more meaning in myself and this is uh, i think this is one of the uh, one of the ways uh, how i'm not losing uh, the uh, passion because there are so many things to um to to investigate and to find out uh, it's just uh, fascinating the body how it works melodies how you hear the rhythm um yeah, how your movements are changing, and you know, how your body is changing, even aging. Um, and so it's always there. Are, there are so many things, things to to learn and discover. Mm. And I think this is this this, this, this is this is what uh, gets me going.
0: Mm, I see. And then you perform actually perform on stage for some event, like whatever whatever it is event. Do you still treated as or oh, this is my own exploration or you sort of find it's easier to divide no this is right now is like i don't know my work my performance and then in studio i go and i do this inner explorations
4: it depends i mean sometimes it's just work because it's i mean uh, it's 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 my profession sometimes i have to dance every day i mean professionally not in the studio um uh but on stage sometimes every day and then uh then you can't really call it art uh sometimes sometimes it is only business you know uh but um as i said yeah it 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 it, it depends sometimes uh it's the exploration part is not only uh, in the studio it's definitely on stage as well because in the studio you're most likely alone or with another partner but on stage uh, there are maybe hundreds of people sometimes thousands or sometimes just a couple of people uh, <laughs> Um but uh, it's a definitely different um, different uh, experience when you when you dance on stage and uh, it it also I mean for me it depends on the style because i don't only do uh, oriental dance i also do other kinds of uh, dances but i'm mainly a, a oriental dancer uh, and i also do fire dance So, uh, that's a completely different thing because fire is really dangerous and, uh, yeah, then uh, there is always something to, um, there is always something to uh, explore, Uh,
0: yeah. Also, I read, I found one uh, thing on your website that uh, I feel it's sort of related to what we just talked about, uh, dance movement therapy, and you wrote that you teach oriental dance in the direction of discovering different qualities of movement while expressing nonverbal emotions. So I assume yeah. it's it's related to the concept of imp- implementing some elements from dance uh, uh, movement therapy or is it something different
4: yeah, No I mean it, it 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 is similar um oriental dance is a very expressive dance so uh instead of just um Doing uh, a set of moments, a choreography, even if, even if uh, I'm going to teach a choreography at the end. Or maybe we can create a choreography, for example, student and I. Um, starting, from, uh, starting from an emotion, yeah, for example, a piece of music, what kind of emotions it evokes. In the dancer, in you, in in a student, or in me. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, and it can start from there, and then uh, the moments can uh, then then the kind of moments that are coming out, uh, coming into being, can be uh, can be stylized into
0: uh, into
4: Oriental dance, for example.